1: Okay, welcome everybody to the bullpen. This is uh, Les Vogler uh, with uh, Nebraska Bull Service, Vogler Cattle, and Vogler Siemens Center. uh, Just kind of a quick update what's going on with uh, the three businesses uh, out at Nebraska Bull Service. Uh, We are getting filled up with bulls, so I would suggest strongly that you call and make reservations to come in. And then also as far as the IVF division, That We are booked full until the 1st of January, so I encourage you to call and get your uh, heifers or cows scheduled for IVF because we are booked up until the 1st of January. Everything is uh, going great and in full gear. Um, As far as Boggart cattle, I want everybody to remember the event sale coming up on November 30th, which is the first Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's going to be held at Hartman sale facility down in Tecumseh, Nebraska. Uh, about 70 uh, outstanding scimitol uh, lots, along with some genetic opportunities. Uh, one of the lots that we are going to sell will be that uh, very popular uh, Kobe Sinclair heifer that we showed in Indiana that uh, was out 10 or 11 times. It was, was either grand or, or supreme. Each time we are going to sell a right to flush on her, so I would encourage everybody to check out that sale. Uh, if you like a catalog, message me on Facebook or go to vulgarcattle.com and check out all the updates and the pictures. And uh, what we're going to do today—I'm actually skyping, in. I'm not uh, in the wonderful Parkville Studios. Uh, we're busy harvesting and doing everything else, just like everybody else out there is. So, I want to encourage everybody to stay safe because I know you're all putting in long hours uh, and enjoy the harvest season. Uh, and best of luck to everybody. But what we're going to do today is. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to say this. We're gonna, to, due to time restraints, we're gonna skip ahead to uh, to the to a past episode here. Uh, it's gonna be about the IVF with BobaTech. So uh, everybody, take a quick listen to that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, once harvest is done, we'll get rolling with with uh, some new ones. And uh, everybody, have a safe, happy harvest. Talk to you later. Hey everybody, welcome to the bullpen. I am Les Vogler, joined by my brother Lauren Vogler. We are owners of Vogler Siemens Center and Nebraska Bull Service and Vogler Cattle Company. Today we're doing an episode. Uh talking about uh, the new technology that's going to be going on out in Nebraska Bull Service, our IVF department. And today we're joined by Dr. Chantel Cruz. She is basically in charge of the IVF systems up at Bovatech. Been a friend of mine and, and the family for years. And then Dr. Don Coover, doctor of veterinary medicine. He is the president and owner of SEK Genetics in Kansas and has one of the largest and most diverse semen inventories of beef cattle in the United States, and also uh, by Dr. Clem Neely, doctor of veterinary medicine. He works with S.E.K., and he will be the one that actually pulling the oocytes out at our facility in McCook. What we're going to do here is we're going to talk about all things uh, related to bull stud, embryo, semen, farm life, ranch life, uh, once in a while Husker football. I'm not so sure about your Wildcats down there in uh, <laughs> K-State, but... Uh, with us today, we have Dr. Chantel Cruz and Dr. Don Coover and uh, his partner, Clem. Uh, we're going to talk about some exciting news that's going to be happening uh, with the Vogler operation and Nebraska Bull Service here in Nebraska. Uh, we're going to be starting an IVF satellite system with Bovatech and with SEK, and uh, right now I'm going to turn it over to uh, Dr. Cruz and let her give us a little uh, insight on, on Bovatech.
2: Sure. So um, my history with the Vogler brothers goes way back. Um, I remember even before when I was in college visiting um, their stud when we were in our repro classes there. Um, And when I was wrapping up my PhD, we had kind of talked about doing something together about five years ago. And at the time, nobody was really freezing um, embryos very efficiently, and I told them that that would probably not be a great idea with the beef market. Um, and then about two weeks later, I started at Bobatech, and I sat down at the microscope, and they were the most beautiful embryos I had ever seen. And sure enough, Bobatech had kind of already capitalized on that freezing technology and making a better embryo um, that a lot of the industry wasn't aware of yet. So um, it's kind of interesting to have come full circle having known these guys a big part of my life to be able to I mean, from the time I was a kid, I knew them and looked up to what they did, so to be able to work with them as business partners is really exciting for me. Um, Just to give you a little history about Bobatech, so we started just as a um, repro center in Quebec in 86, mostly flushing cows, and then in the mid-90s, we started doing IVF, um, mostly experimentally and on uh, cows that were terminal, and then once they were able to get the media right so that we could ship oocytes and embryos um, and be able to freeze embryos well is when they really started um, working more with satellite centers. So our first full year in business was in 2014 in the US and um, we've just expanded by adding satellites uh, throughout the US and really excited to finally have one in Nebraska. And just to let you know from the IVF perspective kind of why it's advantageous over conventional flushing, um, the biggest advantage is that you can do it every two weeks. So um, instead of working elite donors every six or eight weeks, you can get more embryos out of them in a finite period of time. You can also work with really young donors, so prior to puberty, and you can work with um, pregnant donors. And the other thing is... um, I know uh, Les and Lauren sell semen, so they don't uh, necessarily want to hear this one. But uh, (laughs) really expensive semen we can use over um, multiple donors. um, So you can make very valuable use of uh, of high-dollar semen. And then you can also... use reverse sort. So any bull that's been collected conventionally ever, we can go back and sort it for the sex that you want. So if you want heifers or bulls, we can put that through the machine and sort it. And we've actually done that with semen as old as stuff that was collected in ampules in the 50s. So you really can kind of do it with any any bull that's been collected conventionally. So those are the major advantages. And then with the freezing technology that Bobatech has been able to develop and really uh, that translates well for doing direct transfers. And that's kind of what got us over the hump of really being able to do IVF more on a, um, uh, throughout North America, being able to do it more widespread.
1: So So let me jump in here just a second, Chantel. So, just to get this clear, so we're your first ones in Nebraska, right? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. So yeah. And uh, and actually, uh, we, we have Dr. Don uh, Coover with S-E-K LinkedIn with us. And actually, he's the one that sells the semen. We collect it so just to make <laughs> we're not we're, we're just collecting it and don selling it but yeah it's uh, the whole IVF thing yeah it does uh, cut down the numbers but it increases in our business as far as collection but it's all good so Don you have anything?
3: I would say that um, this in vitro technology is expensive people need to look at it carefully on an economic Footing to see if they can afford to do it and do it well. Um, the big advantage to it for a lot of producers is going to be that you can, and it makes it more economical, if you can pool donors to a single bull and then take advantage of the, of the price breaks that Bobatech can give us to run those cycles on several cows at the same time, there's some advantages to that, significant advantages in cost if you're mating them to the same bull. It also makes things like sexing for gender-specific embryos much more uh economical and the disadvantage is you have to when the calves show up you end up having to uh parent verify those back to the cow you know the bull of course but parent verify back to the cow
1: yeah if you if if you pool the the cows together
3: yes and it makes it a lot more economical to produce embryos that way sometimes um Dr. Clem Neely, the guy sitting over my shoulder, he's a guy that does the heavy lifting down here. Mm-hmm. So he's actually the person that does the aspirations, but he's pretty good at it and getting a lot better. He's pretty good at it. But I would tell people that this is the technology, I think, that's coming down the road that's going to be a lot more significant in the future than it has been in the past because the costs are coming down and the technology is getting better. It's just another advanced reproductive technology, really.
1: Right, exactly. And, Chantel, can you – can? I mean, as far as uh, – the age on some of these animals, how, how soon can we get started on some of these?
2: Yeah. So I would say on beef donors, we've done them as young as nine and 10 months old, um, on the Holstein side, because they're chasing genomics, they'll even be more aggressive. Um, so our internal program in creating, uh, bullets for CMX were even more aggressive than that nine ten month mark. And on the beef side, the most, uh, I guess the biggest application we see of that is typically if guys have a, a heifer sale, um, they're going ahead and collecting sometimes those heifers before they sell them so that they get the opportunity to use those genetics in their own herd before they sell those heifers. So that's kind of where we're seeing that applied right. on the new side.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then one of the other things uh, about IVF is uh, people like choices. So, since you are going to be, or we're going to be, the first Bovatech center in Nebraska, it's pretty cool because we're actually giving people a choice. Sure. Nothing against the other folks doing it, but uh, ranchers, cattle producers—you know—they like to have a choice. Uh, and what, what in what, uh, what makes Bovatech a step or two above everybody else?
2: Sure, absolutely. So we definitely believe in. Um, specializing everything, optimizing every opportunity. So on the donor side of things, um, we'll kind of start with the standard protocol and we'll look to see how she performed. Um, We'll look at a, I won't get into all the details on that, but we'll look kind of across the board on all the data that Dr. Neely will collect when he's shoot side aspirating those donors. Um, Then we'll take that Data once I get to the lab and we'll look at that and we'll see can we tweak her shot schedule to make sure that she makes more embryo more embryos more oocytes and better quality oocytes so that's one thing so we treat each donor differently. Um, and then, on the bull side of things, if there's a bull that we haven't used before, we can actually test that semen on slaughterhouse oocytes. And so we can test a bull in a variety of fertilization conditions and then cherry pick the conditions that work best for that bull. Um, so we don't just blanket treat all the bulls the same. We really try to look and figure out where they're optimized. And like I said, we like to do that on um, oocytes from an abattoir so that we're not um, using your donors both as the experiment, right? We want to do that on <laughs> material that's of, you know, little value to us. So those two aspects. And then kind of the third big one is our culture media that we've treated. So most um, most labs just do a single step culture media, but we actually have three steps um, and it's designed to mimic the oviduct, the early uterus and the mid-uterus. So really closely match um, each stage of development for that developing embryo um and then kind of the last component of that because our media more closely matches what the cow is doing we're able to create an embryo that looks more like an in vivo embryo rather than an in vitro embryo and because of that they're more likely to survive freezing so our our freezing process nets um better pregnancy rates on those frozen embryos as well
1: right exactly so uh, dr clem i mean you've been with uh how long have you been with uh with Doctor Don Coover at SEK.
4: I've been here for five years, uh, and I graduated vet school six years ago. So,
1: are you a K? Are you a K State was- or two? Yep. Yeah. yeah ah, so there, uh, there we go.
3: plenty of values at K State. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs>
1: we'll 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 give you some Husker Husker caps when you come to McCook. So no, not a problem.
4: <laughs> I wouldn't expect any being in Nebraska in, and. <laughs> You're, you're going to see a lot of red. So, it's... <laughs> and um, we've been partnered with Bovatech for the uh, last two years. Um, at the you know at the beginning of that partnership, we went and uh, uh, did some training uh, in Quebec at Saint Hyacinthe, at their facility up there. And, and so, we've uh, you know slowly been doing uh, a little bit more all the time. And one thing, I guess, kind of echoing off of what Chantel said in terms of the advantages. Bovatech that we've really seen uh, is going to be the pregnancy rates on your frozen embryos. I mean, we've we've had put in uh, embryos, uh, IVF embryos from various different companies, and that's one thing that I can uh, at Craig check time. You know, you feel a lot more confident when you're when you're checking those Bovatech IVF embryos, and just kind of echoing yeah. off of that.
1: Yep, I totally agree with that because we we have uh, another good friend of us here close uh, close to us that puts a lot of uh, frozen uh, IVF eggs in, uh, and he'll see them come from certain places, and he may make a comment or something. And he goes, <laughs> "Oh, that's a Bovatech one." We'll put that one in. This other one might just—I uh, won't say what he says—but uh, he's very very confident with the Bovatech embryos, and. Uh, that's why I want to commend Chantel and Bovatech. just for, I mean, it's quality. I mean, it's cause it is, it gets a little pricey, uh, but the amount that you can put out in a short amount of time, and you can start those, you, you really don't want to do conventional flushes on yearling heifers. You know, you can, but you create a risk of them not, you know, not breeding back. And with the IVF, what's, what's your thoughts on the safety of that doing virgin heifers Chantel?
2: Yeah. So, um, the way that we set animals up so on virgin heifers especially pre, pre-pubertal a lot of the reasons why um they might not respond in other systems is because of lack of progesterone so we actually go ahead and put a cedar in those young animals to give them a the progesterone that they might lack um and because we do that before dr neely goes in and does aspirations he actually goes in and uses a disinfectant and then a saline rinse to kind of clear everything out to ensure that we're not going to drag anything in when we go into those follicles. Um, And then, especially if they're kept in a two week rotation, then they're gonna be checked again after with ultrasound to monitor to ensure that there's nothing going on. Um, I would say as far as there's always, you know, anything when we're entering the peritoneum, there's always gonna be a risk, Um, but I would, say confidently um, in our internal program, our rate of incident is less than one in a thousand is what we've seen. Awesome. So it, it's awesome. pretty safe.
1: Okay. That's great. What, I mean, when we talked before, uh, I mean, IVF is not just a cattle thing. How, I mean, um, how old is the oldest, uh, so-called test tube baby right now?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Louise Brown is, she turned 41 in July. So I always kind of joke about that. Less you've probably heard that my story on that before, but I ride on a lot of airplanes for work, and I've probably been told four or five times. Once people ask me what I do, oh, that'd be a shame if they started doing that in yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I laugh because uh, yeah, the oldest uh, IVF baby is about uh, nine years older than I am. So yep, yeah,
1: yeah, there you go. Doing that so, for a while. <laughs> yeah, technology, it's great, and 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 quite yeah. honestly, uh, with uh, with the ag population shrinking and the demand for food going up, the better job that we can do as producers or in, in the cattle or livestock industry to get a high-quality product out there, you know, and keep, uh, let's face it, here in the United States, we've got the lowest food cost anywhere. So I think this is really going to, you know, help expand people's genomics quicker, their herd quicker, and everything, just a lot of positives to, towards it so so Clem uh we look forward to seeing you up in Nebraska uh we're gonna open the start letting cows in the first September out in McCook uh everybody's pretty excited the phone's been ringing a lot so uh we're really excited for you and Don to come up again and uh it looks to me like you probably wear about a medium size Husker shirt uh <laughs> so i got that we'll get that on order so uh you have anything else to add to this Chantel? uh
2: just i'm excited to i think it's kind of three uh well-respected groups all coming together that really kind of want the best for these cattlemen and being able to service uh west central nebraska is really exciting like i said i'm uh nebraska girl like clem knows bleed husker red and there so i'm really go. excited to uh start our first uh satellite there in nebraska no it's it's super exciting
1: yep and i guess uh before i mean we we'll keep going here but i and i i admitted uh my brother lauren the partner in the bullpen here uh has been sitting over here do you have anything to add to the conversation
0: um well not too much i, I guess maybe this might be either Chantel or or don or clem any of you could answer Um, I know a big thing that we always have with bulls that come into the stud, um, is kind of what kind of condition do those animals need to be in. Um, and I, I know from our aspect, you know, we're all, just due to the timing of the year, uh, we get a lot of bulls in that have been in in the spring that have been to a lot of shows, uh, and obviously in order to get ready for those shows, those animals need to be, uh, in top condition. Uh, and some maybe a little bit over-conditioned. Yeah, they're fat. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're fat. I was trying to be a little more PC yeah. about saying no. it. Here. But uh, um, can, can you guys maybe kind of uh, give a few pointers on how you like to see some of these cows come in uh, so we can kind of have the best luck with pulling those oocytes and, and that sort of a thing?
3: I think that if you've got a cow that's all screwed up to start with, I guess it's going to heal anything.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be the miracle. Yeah.
3: No, you're not going to turn, what's that expression? You can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Having said that, IVF has a real place for those animals that don't respond well or won't respond at all for a variety of reasons to conventional ET. So IVF really has a place there. But if you've got a cow that's in terrible physical condition and or either because she's way too fat or way too thin, and she's not cycling, and she's got some other issue, IVF may not solve that problem, unlikely to solve that problem. But on the other hand, you will see some things like blocked oviducts, where IVF is a very viable technique because the cow has a physical limitation that IVF can get around. So there's a place for IVF with some of these animals that don't respond well to conventional ET, but I think it's short-sighted to think you can take a cow that's completely screwed up and damn near dead someplace place and sprinkle the IVF holy water <laughs> off and never that yeah. back to shape. Right. It won't
1: happen. Yeah, and we've all seen people try to do that. Right. I mean yeah. just sometimes you gotta put a put an end to it. But uh it IVF definitely will take some of those cows that maybe uh have been conventionally flushed too much and just won't work that way anymore. So you can still get uh and then just the sheer number of embryos that you can get every 2 weeks uh and get them and, and and the beauty about this is uh working with Bovatech we all know the quality of the, of the frozen embryos we get so that's uh it's a good peace of mind because it's it's a lot of work to get those cows set up and to get everything done and the last thing you want to be doing just like when you're AI and cows we want to make sure we put out a good product in semen and I know Don when you're selling semen you check it you want to make sure what you're selling is good and the same thing goes with Clem. When you put these embryos in, you want you want your customers. I mean, because if our customers aren't happy, there are none of us sitting around here talking about this. So,
2: right. guys, just to circle back real quick, there, um, Lauren asked on condition. When we talk about the one to nine body condition score, we're looking for a six on cows. Um, Just kind of like Don alluded to, if they're too fat or too thin, just trying to get those in a little bit better shape will improve um, the quality of all sites typically and the number of embryos that they'll yield. Um, And then just making sure that they're on an adequate vitamin and mineral program as well. So um, all those things we will work with the guys out at NBS to ensure that um, those things are on track for the donors that are going to be boarded there. So
4: yeah, just to sound off that as well, I mean, in what we've done as far as working with donors, the ones that perform the best are the Mm -hmm. ones that are performing out in the pasture, the ones that breed back earlier, the ones, you know, that, you know, are in lactation, having a calf every year, A, a reproductively sound donor, uh, or, reproductively sound cow is typically going to be your sound donor. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, expecting results. And we, and we know that there's high value animals out there that, you know, might be at the end of their prime. And, it, and it's worth trying to get every uh, cap out of them that you can or, or attempt to. And, um, and, you know, it's just kind of trying to temper expectations is something that we try to work with our clients on. Um, And then you know, kind of, you know, not trying to, you know, expect to to work miracles on cows that right. might be out of their program, um, is the is the main thing In,
1: exactly. And going back to that, I mean, a lot of people like to talk averages. What uh, say we take a cow? What I mean, we go pull the O sites out, or say we get thirty O sites. Okay, so we're going to tell our customers, okay, we pulled thirty O sites. They're not hopefully going to expect thirty embryos out of that. What would you What would you say, Chantel? <laughs> say we pulled thirty oocytes out of the out of the cow. By the time, uh, what's it take? Seven days through the process. Yeah. About how many frozen embryos will yeah. we, we expect to get out of that?
2: Yeah. So thirty oocytes would be a really good donor, um, yeah. and we typically see about forty percent of those oocytes will develop to embryos. Just a note there, so the U.S. average, uh, the American Embryo Transfer Association does stats every year, and the current U.S. average is 31% development. At Bobatech, we're averaging right at 40. Um, and so we would expect a, if she made 30 oocytes, we would expect 12 embryos works out to be 40%. And then of those, we usually can freeze um, about 85 to 90%. So probably 10 frozens. Um, that would be, that would be an exceptionally good donor though. So most donors start right. usually with 20 old sites. Mm-hmm. And so keeping more in line with around that eight embryos, maybe seven frozen is probably a little bit more close and to
1: average. And the nice so. thing about Bovatech, you, you if correct me if I'm wrong, but you're only freezing number ones and twos, correct?
2: So <laughs> we freeze, uh, One's and then the very best twos. The very best um, twos. Okay. And I know that sounds kind of silly, no. but the way that the the standards are set up. So one is 85% and greater live cells. A two is 50 to 84. So that's a huge range. Yeah. And so that's why we don't freeze all of the twos. We tend to look at those embryos and freeze anything with 80% live cells or better. So that would include all the ones. And then, like I said, the very best
3: Two's just kind
1: of the cream of the crop on the twos. Okay, awesome. And then do you have anything to add to that, Don?
3: Yeah, I would tell you that it's it's very short sighted to go to trouble and expense to use a company like Bovatech, who really has a superior technology, to make a bunch of embryos for a cow and then stick them in a bunch of recepts that aren't go. up to speed. Exactly. Right. So you, everybody should look at this as something that's really a very um, a vertically integrated and related process. Not only do you have to have somebody that's got a good cow that's that's ready to produce, that's in the right body condition score five and a half to six, I say anyway, and you got to get good embryos out of them, which means Bovitech has to do their part, and then when we get them back, whoever's sticking them in cows needs to be smart enough to select <laughs> recepts that have been tested, that are disease-free, that are healthy, that have a good productive history behind them and $600 value embryos in cows that aren't worth 10 cents yeah. and wondering why they're not getting good results. That's it's why, that's why I care. like you,
1: Don. You tell yeah. it
0: like it is. Yeah. So. Well, well, that, that is something that, that I think... Probably, very subtle. Yeah, <laughs> that is probably something that a lot of people yeah, overlook because, is the uh, yeah. value of the Recip cow. Well,
1: exactly, because they'll get these embryos and put them in and then, no, it's... it's uh, it's uh Vogler's fault fault. It's Bovetek's fault. Uh it's never it's never the Recip Cal's fault. Well uh I think this is something I mean this is we've had a great conversation today. Uh and I would love to get both of you back on again in the bullpen and talk about more of this once we get uh once we get going. And uh I think we definitely need to get more into the Recip side of this, uh, as we go down and, and, and more into that. Uh but I think we've probably filled people with enough uh, BS from the bullpen for today to kind of get them, get them started and get them interested. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to keep you pretty busy. I want to thank, thank you, Chantel, and thank you, Don and Clem. And uh, we'll be seeing you in, uh, in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Bullpen. And uh, for more information, go to our websites, Vogler Siemens Center or Nebraska Bowl Service. Thanks again.
0: A Parkville Media Production.